This is the Get Up Eight Podcast with your host, Eric Hodgden. Four years ago, I was placed on a journey that I didn't want to be on when my daughter Zoe took her life. And looking around, it was seeing Zoe's friends and my family that were not only hurting, but facing an insurmountable road of healing that prompted me to see that life is really one big journey. And that no matter what, we were going to fight for our better days, period. It was just going to happen. Even more, inside of that larger journey of life, there are similar yet significant smaller journeys that come in the form of life lessons or challenges like this one. And some four years later, I found some amazing gifts along the way that I feel Zoe's death left behind. And the only way that I could find these gifts was to take this journey of healing and help Zoe's friends and my family do the same. Hey, everybody, this is Eric Hodgson, and welcome back to the Get Up 8 podcast, where we unpack the challenges and struggles that come at us in life And we find unique ways for you to build resilience to not just survive those struggles, but to thrive because of them. You know, when we watch movies like Star Wars, Harry Potter, or The Hunger Games, we're drawn to not only the storyline itself, but we love to see the hero win. And we recognize a pattern that speaks to us. It speaks to the inner hero in all of us too. And that pattern is called the hero's journey. And I'm going to break this topic down today with my guest. And with me on the podcast is a man who inspires me daily to keep going on my journey. He's so much more than that, too. He's a mentor of mine. He's a very good friend. Uh, He's been a guide, a catalyst, a champion for my dreams. And he's doing this for so many other people as well. And he's leading the charge when it comes to helping active military members transition to the civilian world. He's he's someone through many journeys of his own, has taken what he's learned, and he's built a movement of men and women who are leading others to do things that are so much bigger than they are, and really to have people follow them, not because they have to, but because they choose to. And there aren't enough adjectives for me to describe this man, but hero definitely comes to mind. Uh, Please welcome former Green Beret, retired Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann to the podcast. Scott, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on, Eric. It's good to, good to talk to you, buddy. Uh, thank you so much. You know, I can't wait to dig in on this topic, Scott, with you, not only because I've learned so much from you about the hero's journey, but really because all of us experience this in our lives in one way or another. And I'd love for you to take a few minutes and tell us your story and why it's been so instrumental in guiding your life up until now. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, so I guess the first thing I'll, I'll do is I, you know, normally I agree with just about everything you say. I'm going to push back just a little and say that I am certainly no hero. Um, you know, I appreciate it. It means the world to me that you think that, but you know, really the heroes, um, that I find the older I get, Eric, uh, are the, are the men and women who, um, you know, aren't with us anymore, who served in the military and, Mm -hmm. you know, protecting us, uh, or the ones who, were scuffed up inside or out, or just the ones still doing it. Um, I, I've known a lot of heroes in my life, and I had the honor to stand on their shoulders. But you know what I do also have is the ability to tell their story. Mm. And you know when you when you ask me kind of what uh, you know my life and how it and how it's you know affected the perspective that I have today and the way that I lead today. 
for me, being a Green Beret was something I've wanted to do since I was 14 years old. I think for all of us, there, it's, it's different. But for me, I knew at 14 years old, that's exactly what I wanted to do. It was, it was a series of events that, that, that opened my eyes to that reality, but it never really changed. And there was something about just this notion of working with, with indigenous people in faraway lands, kind of a Lawrence of Arabia meets Magnificent Seven you know, kind of thing. Wonderful. And it really, it really appealed to me this just get going into a, a culture with just a small number of folks and immersing yourself, getting surrounded on purpose, speaking the language, dressing like they do, eating what they do and, and working by with and through people who you have no authority over who frankly are reluctant to even follow you and, and then building connections that are so powerful right. that, that these folks would climb up on rooftops under a, a, an attack on their village and stand shoulder to shoulder with you and fight back and do things bigger than themselves. And mm. that at a very young age, there was a certain romantic notion to that, but there was also a certain visceral pull, almost like a gravitational pull that right. I felt, Eric. And so, you know, I had a lot of clarity on that. And, and, and then I had, I just had the blessing I don't know, to, to do that life for almost, well, I was in the army for almost 23 years and 18 of it was as a Green Beret in places like Ecuador, Peru, Colombia, Iraq, mostly Afghanistan, the last 10 years of my life. And I served with just these amazing men, these Green Berets who, you know, really were these modern day Lawrence's of Arabia. And it was in those places that I witnessed and learned the power of, of reading people mm -hmm. uh, really, really deeply, the power of, of establishing human connections, the, the power of relationships, and really getting back to our nature uh, as human beings to connect with people and, and bridge across trust gaps and, and inspire them to stand on their own. And I saw it work in life and death. So when I retired, mm. I was just so drawn to really two things was one, to, was to continue those lessons and share those lessons with leaders here in the civilian world, because I feel like we need them so badly in these yes. uh, trust depleted conflict riddled times. Right. But then to also, I, I served with so many brave men and women, you know, some green berets, some not who, regardless of what they did for a living in the military, they gave us everything they had. And now it's time for them to come home. And it's a hard thing to do to come home. I went through it myself. So right. how to, how to help them through story, find their own hero's journey home. And, so I, I kind of, you know, that's kind of the, 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 how it shaped me, Eric. I mean, today I really, you know, those two areas, which is bringing rooftop leadership, the leadership I, that I learned in those rough places to civilian leaders as a movement, uh, helping our veterans come home, number two. And then number three, I'll always stand against violent extremism and anything that I can do to help mm. defeat that. Uh, to, you know, my son, Cody, is going to go over and fight at some point soon and you know, he's in his second year of becoming an officer. So it's, a, you know, that's a third passion for me. But being a Green Beret and going on that hero's journey was just the ultimate uh, influence on my life. Wow. And and you certainly came through this journey uh, transformed. And, and for, for anybody that's listening that hasn't heard of the hero's journey and what embodies the steps inside of the hero's journey, um, you know, Scott, I'd, I'd love for you to tell people exactly what's involved inside of a hero's journey, starting yeah. from you know status quo and then returning. Yeah. So first of all, the hero's journey is a, is a term. It's a story term that was coined really quite well by Joseph Campbell in his book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, in it, basically, Campbell asserts that every story that's ever, ever been told, really, from Alexander the Great to Rocky Balboa and all things in between is some version of the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. And there are, you know, kind of different twists on it. But at its basic form, the hero's journey is a story structure that, as if you're listening to this, you're going to want to know this because it's a story structure that not only helps you tell better stories, but it's also the structure of our life. Right. And so, and so the, the, the hero's journey in at its basic form is this, the hero. And, and that's your listener, by the way, or or whoever the subject is of the story, the hero here, here's a call. The hero reluctantly answers that call. And I say reluctantly because that's important. Mm -hmm. And, and then goes on a journey that ultimately ends up in the belly of the whale, if you will, where the hero is up against uh, forces inside and, and or outside enemies that are bigger than her. And she must battle against those forces. She mm-hmm. must struggle. There's conflict. There's tension. There's a fight to overcome this change. And, and, and then ultimately the hero does overcome, returns home uh, different. Mm-hmm. having changed or transformed or learned something about herself or all of those, and then has the ability to share those lessons with people on the, on the, on the home shore. I mean, one of the most simple examples is the Odyssey where Odysseus goes away, fights the war, comes almost within sight of shore of his men. One of them right. opens the bag of wind, <laughs> yep. they're blown back and they go through all these adventures and struggles. And then finally, you know, Odysseus comes back home. Everything at home has changed. He's changed. And there's transformation, there's resolution. Yes. That, that is the hero's journey at an epic level. But, but in reality, we live the hero's journey every day. Yes, absolutely. And, and like I was saying at the beginning of the podcast that, you know, life itself is one big journey. And, uh, but inside of that are smaller yet significant journeys that come in the form of life's lessons or challenges or struggle or anything for that matter that that we go through that when we come through on the other side, we tend to just let it go. We just tend to kind of brush it off as like, okay, well, I got through that next thing, you know, I'm waiting for the next thing to come at me. But but there is such power in recognizing what you just went through. Right. And, and yeah. uh, you know, I think it, it's, it's offered to us in many ways through our careers, through our work, through um, helping other people. And, and I just, I love this topic because it's, it's such a guiding force for us in a lot of ways. And, and that was one of the reasons yeah. why I asked the question, you know, how, how has your, uh, you know, how has your story guided you to, to where you are today? Um, or sorry, living your life has guided you to where you are today, but we have so many, um, we have so many ways to build these journeys, uh, with what comes at us in life and, and I just think mm-hmm. it comes to us in the form of struggle. Uh, and yeah. as Daniel Coyle says, you know, we are uh, struggle isn't an option; it's a biological necessity. And yet, this kind of speaks to that the hero is reluctantly called to action. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, no, I think that's right, Eric. And I think you know, so as if you want to kind of frame this out, you know, why? So why would the hero's journey matter to to any listener sitting there right now, living a busy, hurried life, trying to just make ends meet or get things done, why would why would something like the hero's journey matter? Well, first first of all, remember that 
Um, our story is our life and our life is our story. Right. And we can, we can either own our story or our story can own us, right. right? That's the choice we have. And I believe in owning your story. The reason that I think it's so important for every single person in the world to have a personal story, uh, a hero's journey, if you will, is if, and if you don't like the term hero's journey, fine. Mm-hmm. A personal story or a backstory is because we are meaning seeking creatures. One of the things that I learned as a Green Beret was to study human nature because we had to go into these rough places and make connections that bridge beyond culture and race and, and you know, ethnicity. And, and if you don't understand human nature and how we're predisposed to interact with one another, right. then you're at a disadvantage. So right. I learned at a very young age that meaning for humans, we must have meaning. Mm-hmm. We must have identity. We must know why. You know, the two biggest questions a human being asks herself is why am I, you know, who am I and mm-hmm. why am I here? Mm-hmm. Right. And if we don't have the answer to that question, then we just wander all our life and we, we serve everyone else's agenda but our own. Right. If we are in it, so we seek meaning, we seek clarity. And it's like you just said, it's through struggle. It's through struggle that mm-hmm. we find both. It's the only path. Mm, and yes. and story <laughs> is story is the sense-making tool that allows us to find that meaning and clarity and explain it to ourselves yes. and the rest of the world. Yes. And, and what a blessing that is. Oh, it's a huge blessing. And and it, it's so powerful when you actually see the uh you see the, the the impact it makes on other people and i think a lot of people think about their story and like it's not really that important it's really not that big of a deal yet you and i were introduced to a gentleman named bo eason who who spoke about um uh, getting onto a freshman college football team and how much of an impact did that have on us it had nothing to right. do with our backstories but we located ourselves inside of the story and and yet it was a hero's journey, so to, to, so to speak, that he told within this story. He wound up actually getting onto this team, and 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 it was just a power. Like you want to, like oh, I want to be part of this team too. I mean, you just yeah, it's just so strong telling a, a personal story, and and I think it's really important too to mention that. Yes, we want to know why we're meaning seeing creatures. We want to know why we want to seek clarity, but it's really important inside of these stories that that it's not a story unless there's a conflict and a right. resolution. It's, there's, there's, it's, otherwise, it's just a narration. Right. It's just the facts, which, by the way, a lot of us are predisposed to do because when you talk about struggle and you talk about conflict, that crap hurts. Yes. Right? And it's, it's not the kind of stuff we want to necessarily share with the outside world. And mm-hmm. I'm not advocating a dumping or a therapy session. What right. I'm advocating is sharing your struggle, what I call the generosity of scars. You know, you share your pain for what you went through with Zoe's the loss of Zoe right. for the service of others. Right. Right. To make that have meaning and purpose beyond the loss. And, and that is the nobility of story is that the struggle and conflict is told not because you're talking about yourself, but it's the generosity of scars. It is, it is making you relatable uh, to, to other people through yes. the pain you've experienced. So let me give you an example. You talked about sure. Bo Eason. Yes. You know, Bo Eason tells another story of when his football career ended, mm. uh, his knees were popped out in a, in a, in a big pileup on the football field and it yep. resulted in his seventh knee surgery mm-hmm. and it ended his career at like 28, 29 years old. Mm. And as I sat and listened to him tell that story, 
about going off the football field and thinking I'm going to go to prison if I don't learn how to transfer this TNT inside my body right. to do something productive because all I've done my whole life is put my head in the chest of other men at 90 miles an hour. Well, right. that that spoke to me so loudly mm. as I sat there because I was in my own dark place, Eric, mm. going through my own transition. Yes. You know, I had left the military after years and years of combat, post-traumatic stress, survivor's guilt, yeah. lost in my own world. And, and here's this, and, and I never played professional football, but right. in that moment, the generosity of his scars literally mm. allowed me to locate myself in his story and find resolution for my own life. How cool oh. was that? Oh, that's it's that gives me chills. I mean, it's 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 incredible that each of us have. I, it's incredible that each of us have this inside of us. Yes. And yes, it is. It's 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 something that um, I wish a lot more people would would recognize that even if they think that their story is not significant. It right. has major impact uh, in so many ways. Maybe you're a single mom raising your child alone. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> I'll edit no, that you're out. good. Let, let me give you a break for a second because I, you know one of the things that you were you're alluding to with you know being a single mom. There are there are so many different facets to our life, Eric. Where. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we 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 tell ourselves that my story's not that important. That's just resistance showing up, trying mm-hmm. to keep you from getting your story out there. Um, I'll give you an example on that one. A, a guy that I coach, you know him. His name is Josh. Yes. Uh, he's a he's a financial advisor, and you know, for for a while, you know, he kept telling me, "I don't have a story. Mm. My life's been pretty. My life's been pretty normal. You know, sub- suburbs, middle class neighborhood, good upbringing." you know, no real struggles. And, you know, I don't really have a story. Uh-huh. And I hear this yeah. from people. The first thing I, I told Josh is, listen, remember, you're a natural storyteller. Every human on the planet is a natural storyteller. Mm-hmm. We've been telling stories for 100,000 years. Mm-hmm. We've just covered it up with the rat race. And we right. need to remember that the same way that we're wired for meaning, that we're wired for struggle, we're also wired for story. It's in you. That's number one. Mm-hmm. The second thing is I got Josh out in the woods. You know the area well. We went out to Tampa stand. Yes, I did. And we just got back to nature. We got back to the basics. Oh. And within like, we got around the fire and it was so funny. Within, I don't think we were at the fire yet. I think we were on the hood of my truck just talking. <laughs> and, he, and he was like, I know what my story is. Wow. And you could see the clarity on his face. And it was a moment when his child had a seizure oh. at the breakfast table. Wow. A small child. Mm-hmm. And and what they went through, him, him and his wife, to try to get answers, they find they doors closed after doors closed, no answers. And imagine your young child going through that, and you don't know what's wrong. Right. And eventually, they found a doctor who was so helpful, so explanatory. Let them know that everything's fine. And you know, it's a very emotional story when they had that resolution. And Josh then turns to his client. You know, to because that's how I view my role as a financial advisor. Mm. I know when people come to me, they're scared. It's their life savings. Right. They don't know what to do with their money and their trust. They want to trust somebody, but they don't know how. I right. want to be th- the way that doctor was for us. And he says the doctor's name when people come to me in that moment. And I want you to know that since he's been telling that story, his job as a financial advisor is to have an initial meeting and then to get people to sign up for that second meeting mm-hmm. where they, you know, where they invest. Yes. He's had a meeting with 18 clients. And 17 have come back for the second meeting. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. it, and this is a guy that said he didn't have a story. Right. So so you do have a story. Yes. It's just getting honest with yourself and being willing to share the gold, which is your struggle. 
Absolutely. And and I, I think when I talk to people now about navigating either difficult challenges in life or struggle or even overcoming the loss of somebody, it is gaining clarity in what fog they're faced in right they're they're standing mm. in right now yeah because without yeah. that clarity then they they just there's they don't know what to do they don't know where to go there's no hope purpose or direction mm. and finding that inside of the clarity it's 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 been such a huge transformative uh, yeah. uh aspect of of my work with my clients and and the people that yeah. i that i teach at workshops and and it happened with the book uh, that yeah. I wrote. So it's, it's been so, it, it and it's all about telling s- story. It, it's all about it telling uh, Zoe's story. And, and so it's, it, it becomes so, so useful and helpful for people in life in so many ways. And, and, and yet when we come back around through that journey, that's the belly of the whale. The struggle is the belly of the whale. Yeah. You know, and, and we do meet guides along the way. In fact, it was so funny that it, I did not really meet any guides uh, through my journey of losing Zoe till about two years in when I sat in that audience at a men's leadership and heard Bo speak for the first time. And then I got introduced yeah. to you and other mentors and, and you guys have been guides for me. And, and, you know, when it comes to these epic battles that you have to go through being in the belly of the whale, you, you now understand more about, oh, I don't have to stop. I can keep going. And, right. and just like Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, you know, he 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 has to he knows he has to fight Vader, which is the epic battle. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. you just have to keep going and you have to have there's faith in there. There's um, gosh, there's there's uh, you're trusting of yourself, even though there's self-doubt going on. Uh, that's the internal and the external feelings that you have all so much going on. But but we are wired to go through this. And, and we, I I think for most of us, we, we do understand that there's something on the other side of these journeys that we take. And, and, and even if we don't make it there the first time, we will get there. It'll keep coming back around in different forms as a a life lesson that will kind of repeat itself until we do learn it. But we're going to be so much better off when we have gone through it and we've transformed. No, for sure. And, 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 you know, so there's some questions that we're always asking ourselves and I guarantee you, if you're listening to this, you've asked yourself this and you continue to do so when it's quiet at night and everybody else is asleep is who am I? Why am I here? Mm-hmm. Do I matter? <laughs> and can I go the distance? Right. You know, and, and a lot of the hero's journey, if you, if you think about your life, it, it, you may not win every time. In fact, it's a guarantee you won't. Um, but can you go the distance? Right. Can you make the journey? And, and if you make the journey, how do you change? How do you transform? Even if you lose, even if you lose right. someone or something mm-hmm. or some part of yourself, how do you what how do you come out of that and change and find resolution in your life that matters? And it and, and offers meaning because, again, right. it comes back to what does it all mean? Right. Like, and, and so, you know, when you think about you said a couple of really important things. One, the hero's journey usually does have a guide, whether that's You know, if it's in the movies, it's Mr. Miyagi to the Karate Kid. But also think about your life when, you know, I I invite anyone listening to this to think about in your life a pivotal moment that happened where, you know, you were going one direction and something kicked you in the pants and knocked you down and changed everything around you. That pivotal moment. Um, What was it? And then and then how did how did that new that new normal caused you to struggle and fight and what did you have to overcome? Yeah. And then as you did that, did you meet a guide that helped you? 
right? Did you meet someone that helped you through that? Think about that. Mm -hmm. and, and you can share that as part of the story as well. And then at the end, how did you change? What did you learn from it? If you can get in the habit of doing that, you, this can help you bridge gaps with your teenagers. It can help you connect better as a transitioning veteran mm -hmm. or even someone dealing with grief like you do or loss or struggle. This thing bridges gaps in ways that's indescribable. Right. And, and I agree with you, Scott. And, you know, it took me a while to figure out that Zoe really was my first guide. Mm. She was the first guide yeah. that I, even when she was here, she was yeah. guiding me in ways that I didn't yeah. understand it. And it, it took, <laughs> it took receiving this gift of, of, uh, of, of purpose that came in the form of losing Zoe for me to realize that Zoe has been my guide all along. Yeah. And yeah. it's so, and, and I'm grateful for that gift. You know, it wasn't something that was given to me. I had to find it. I had to, yeah. I had to find it. And, and it was like, you know, standing around this crater of losing her and just looking at the flowers that were kind of growing around the rim of the crater and going, wow, you know, this, there's, life goes on. We move forward. You know, there's, there's a, uh, something that happened here, but it doesn't remain there. We don't right. remain there, which is why we go on these journeys. That's it. And it's just, I, I absolutely love the, the power in that. And, and it brings me closer to, to Zoe in a lot of ways. And, and mm. speaking of story too, um, your story has been the driver of bridging trust with people. Why do you think that is? Oh, well, that's a great question because first of all, you think about, um, for, for gosh, hundreds of thousands of years, Eric, humans all over the world, right. Um, yes. ha have, have had to fight for resources and compete to mm. stay alive. Mm -hmm. And the way that we do that, because we don't have any fur fence, you know, fur, fangs, or claws is we have to group together and form teams. Humans are the most social creatures on the planet. Right. So we overcome adversity by forming groups, clans, tribes. Mm -hmm. And we've done this literally for hundreds of thousands of years so deeply that like our biological systems are wired for teaming up with other people. Yes. And so, um, and so one of the ways that we've used one of the, the primary communication tool that has allowed us to form these teams is storytelling. Mm -hmm. uh, after a day of foraging or hunting or gathering or fighting, you know, uh, humans would sit around a campfire and storytellers would share lessons from the day or share lessons from the battle. Mm -hmm. And what it did is it would, it would, it would connect everyone around the fire and they would locate themselves in that one story. It would right. create an arena of safety <laughs> and trust. And people would learn their own life lessons through the storyteller's tale. Yes. And for a hundred thousand years, even before we had language, this was going on. So, so story basically bridges gaps and it creates what's called, um, uh, it's called a universal singular. Mm. So for example, if I'm talking to my teenager, Braden about, um, a situation that I went through when I was in high school, that I was going through peer pressure and it was a really tough time for me. And I was going through all of these things. And this is where I made mistakes. And this is where I got in trouble. And, but this is what I learned from it. If I tell that to him, that's much different than lecturing Braden on why he needs to do good, good school or come home on time, right? He finds a connection in that universal struggle that I went through right. and there's safety in that. And he yes. finds me relatable. Yes. Story makes you relatable in a trust depleted environment. Whereas yes. any other form of communication, mm -hmm. 
puts you at an arm's distance. That's yeah. the bottom line. Mm. Story promotes trust because you are relatable to others when you talk about the struggles and the things that matter to you most. Yep. No, I see that with uh, with some of Zoe's friends. I see that when they're going through difficult times right now. Uh, and if I've even talked to parents who are, are working with kids that are going through struggle, the first thing I say to them is that we got to connect with them with story. Because, I mean, you, it, it, we may not be able to fully understand what they're going through, but telling them what's important and, and connecting them with them on where they are through yeah. story is so huge. And, and, you know, you were just talking about how, um, you know, we're wired to, to be in groups and mm -hmm. to work through struggle that way. And one thing that I've noticed is that when, uh, when people are going through a major loss and, and even in, given this day with these mobile phones and everything else, um, you know, we have, uh, we, we tend to be, uh, isolative in our nature when it comes to dealing with struggle and challenges, but that's going against mother nature. Right. Well, let's remember too, that Microsoft just did a study that, uh, the average human attention span is eight seconds. Wow. The average goldfish attention span is nine seconds. We are one second under a goldfish. <laughs> so when you think about that, that's yes. insane, but it's true. And it's largely because of the digitization that you just referred to. Right. But if you notice, um, when you tell a story, it stops people in their tracks, yes. right? They stop, they, they turn and they listen mm -hmm. the same way our primal ancestors did around that campfire yeah. 20,000 years ago. Right. It is the same effect. So mm -hmm. if you, this isn't just about Kumbaya. It's in fact, it's not at all. Right. This is about understanding our nature. And if you want to truly be relevant to people, if you want to communicate to your kids, your spouse, your clients, um, then story is the way to do it. And the other thing I'm just going to add here, even if you're not comfortable yet telling your own story, I would encourage you to ask other people to give you theirs. In other words, ask open-ended questions in your day-to-day -day engagements, especially the ones that are high-stakes engagements, like with your boss, mm -hmm. a new client, someone you're introducing, or your kids, or your wife, your husband. Ask open-ended questions that allow people to tell you their backstory. Well, how did this happen? How did we get here? How are you feeling about that right now? Mm. What led you to make that decision? Ask open-ended. I really want to know what the best way is to proceed with this course of action. What do you think? Like open-ended questions where people can naturally communicate to you in story, that is a true skill. Mm. And if you do that, yes. you'll, you'll be able to leverage story as a listener, not just a teller. Right. No, that's huge. And, and don't, don't you think that it, it prompts you to, when you, when you find yourself located inside of that story, uh, don't you think it prompts you to, to think about your, like, like with uh, Josh sitting on the hood of your, you know, your truck, yeah. you know, it prompts you to, to think of the other stories in your life that maybe you just have to unlock and open up again, you know? And, right. and, and it's, I think there's one story that really is, uh, that's in this the biggest impact. That's the one that you're probably going to write first, but it's always mm -hmm. the one that you don't want to write either because it could be it makes you vulnerable. Right. And I think that that's where I think a lot of people um, are are stuck too. Is that oh, I, I can't say that I can't talk about this, and and it may not be resolved, which is why they right. can't talk about it. But but it's usually the story that you don't want to talk about that is the most impactful to the people around you. I have a friend. Her name is Leslie. And she lives in, in, uh, in South Carolina and, and she, uh, raised her son alone. 
and mm-hmm. uh, to the fact where her son never really even saw his dad just for whatever reasons and and she never collected so so uh, sorry uh, uh, uh gosh i'm drawing blank now um uh, alimony or child uh, support thank you child support <laughs> uh, she <laughs> she didn't collect child support at all from him and nor did she ever ask him for it and and here she is raising a, a child in in today's times you know as a hairstylist yet she made it work you know she found a way to make it work and mm-hmm. and i just think it's so important that and she's we were talking about the same thing i don't have a story i don't think it's really important i'm like are you kidding me this is like how many people out there are in the same shoes as you trying to figure out how to get from where they are today and make it through when they've got a 2 year old or a 3 year old at home and here you have a 19 year old who's in college and 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 getting into life and about to start his own business yeah so how yeah. how impactful is that to somebody and how does that you know it 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 helps you make those connections it helps you bridge those gaps between uh your you know who you are and who they want to become Yeah so I, I think that's that's true Eric and you said a word earlier that I think if folks are struggling with this is in the word is clarity mm-hmm. you know as humans we're drawn to clarity especially in a world where the attention span is eight seconds yes um you know where goldfish and guppies have us beat on attention span you know we're <laughs> just drawn to clarity because we're bombarded aren't we every day with just all kinds of information and raw data and it's invasive yes and so when we can find clarity i would encourage anyone listening to this to you know, just have sacred space where once a day you can get, you know, off grid, away from the kiddos, away from your spouse, even for 10 minutes and just focus on your breath. Just yeah. be present, focus on all five senses, allow yourself to just kind of go to a neutral state and, and work on, you know, your story, work on developing your life story. And, you know, there's an old saying that says, you know, the, the story that one of the hardest stories, one of the most effective stories is the story that we don't want to tell other people. Right. That's a hard story to tell. Mm-hmm. But the ultimate story, the one that you talked about, I think the one that really is our is our it is our signature story yes. is the one we don't want to tell ourselves. Yeah. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. and and that's not easy. And people get no. stuck on that. Yeah. And, and I would just say this. If it's not resolved, if you don't own your story, your story is going to own you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. if you want to, you know, this journey, if you want to spend your life on a journey where your story owns you, then you're never going to truly be free. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be free. And th- which means you can't serve others. You can't play at the level that, that, you know, your higher power puts you on this earth to play. Mm-hmm. And so however you need to resolve that story and own it, whether it's through therapy, you know, whether it's through, you know, your own private work through your church, whatever it is that you need to do, I would encourage you to work through the story you don't want to tell yourself. Even if you're the only person you ever tell it to is you, Mm -hmm. um, it will make a difference in your life and it will free you up and it will save your life. Yes. Yes. Wow. Uh, You know what, Scott? I think that that is a perfect place for us to kind of wrap this up with and, it's so powerful. You're absolutely correct. We have to own our story. Otherwise, uh, it owns us. And I couldn't agree with you more. And thank you so much for taking the time this morning to talk to us about the hero's journey and what that means 
and and to tell us, you know, why story is so important to us in life. You've helped me tremendously in the last couple of years, and I'm just so grateful that you're able to to help uh, talk to the audience about this as well. And 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 I appreciate that. So thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome, Eric. Awesome. It's a, and it's a great podcast. Thank you. So uh, do you have some events that you have coming up? And, and do you want to tell people about uh, what you're working on from a hero's journey perspective? Yeah, thanks. So um, we do actually, the, the big thing I'll just talk about here is uh, Rooftop Leadership Mastery is mm. an online membership that I do. If folks are interested in learning how to tell their story more powerfully, if they're interested in making deeper human connections and overcoming those trust gaps that they face in life and business, um, we have a, an online tribe that you're part of and, and others are <laughs> part of where, you know, once a month we do a group coaching call and we, uh, we, we have a private team room where we interact with each other. It's very dynamic on Facebook. Um, and then we have a, a learning center on Kajabi where you can go and do self-study on videos that I record on storytelling and listening. So it's a really powerful thing. And it's Rooftop Leadership Mastery dot com um excuse me let me let me do that again it's rooftopleadership.com forward slash mastery perfect um and would love to have folks in there it's a cool tribe cool place to be um you can check it out at rooftopleadership.com forward slash mastery awesome and thank you I'm, and yes i am uh i will gladly say that i'm a member of that tribe and and uh it understanding how to be a better father how to be a better uh person for the community, a member of the community, um, how to lead people. Um, it has helped me as I'm going through uh, still healing from the loss yeah. of Zoe a few years ago. So thank you so much for that, Scott. And I would encourage everybody to really take a look at that. It's rooftopleadership.com forward slash mastery. Um, uh, you got to get in there. You got to get in the room. It's awesome. So Scott, yeah. thank you so much again for coming on today. And uh, I really appreciate the time with you. And uh, I look forward to uh, to connecting again. Yeah, my pleasure, brother. Great, great work. And uh, here if you need me. Good thank luck, you. everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Get Up 8 podcast. I'm Eric Hodgson, and I invite you to visit resilienceleaders.com, where you can find free resources to help you start thriving today. Also, check out upcoming events in my new book, A Sherpa Named Zoe, How to Walk Through Grief and Live with Intention.